And welcome back to the NFL War Room Podcast. We're back from a long hiatus. Um, I've had a pretty busy spring and winter. Uh, my daughter was born, um, and then the draft is always a very busy time for me. I had a, I really had the pleasure this year to work with uh, Thomas Dimitrov and Eric Eager over at Sumer Sports. So that really took a, up a lot of my time. Uh, we went I went down there uh, to Atlanta to produce their show, uh, which I thought was an awesome show. Uh, I'm really excited they're doing down there uh, over at Sumer. But while that was happening, uh, I had to take a break because I was just kind of stretched in. So the podcast took, uh, you know, kind of put on the shelf. But uh, I'm starting to get kind of a handle on this whole dad thing to a degree. Knock on wood. Uh, so the podcast is now returning. Um, however, for now, you know, during this kind of dead period in the NFL, it's just going to be once a week. Um, or at least on Wednesdays. Uh Hopefully earlier than this episode's coming out. This one's going to be out closer to 8 o'clock uh, Eastern time. Uh, usually I'm going to try to get them out in the morning. And because the series I'm taking care of right now, I can pre-record. I should be able to get them up early in the morning on Wednesday for the commutes. Um, what we're going to be looking at for the next, like, eight weeks, division by division, looking at the rosters and projecting win totals from the rosters. I did this last year on Twitter, uh, and it did pretty well, honestly. Um, I was able to project that Atlanta might backdoor uh, their way into the playoffs. I had them just outside of it, which they they almost did in the the NFC South. Uh, I also projected that Denver was not going to be really good, and Denver fans were not fucking happy with me, but that ended up being right. Uh, Was I had some issues too with it. There were some uh, some misses I had, especially the Buccaneers. But you know the Tom Brady regression happens, and then Cleveland. Although the Cleveland prediction uh, happened before the Watson suspension, but still, even with that, Cleveland had a horrible season. Um, But I brought this research project to the next phase, and I'm excited to see if I made it better or if I fucking broke it. But we'll find out soon enough. Uh, but we're going to start with my favorite division, the NFC East. I am a New York Giant fan. I've, I'm from New York. I've been a Giant fan my entire life. So this was the one I was most excited to dive into. Uh, and also the Giants were the team I got really fucking wrong last year. Uh, so I was excited to see how these new projections looked at the New York Giants. But we're not going to start with the Giants. We're going to start with the team in the division I did the best with, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. All right, so starting with Dallas, uh, I hit on them right on the money with last year's projections. Projected 12 wins. They had 12 wins. Uh, this is the first year of really kind of researching this and, and trying to give it a shot, matching uh, roster expectations to wins. Um this year, what you're seeing there, they're dropping a bit. They get nine wins here. Uh, and the big reason for that uh, is really just an aging roster, right? Uh, Tyron Smith, Demarcus Lawrence, two players that used to be at the top of their position group, uh, no longer. They're still very good players, but they're coming down a bit. No more Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Dak Prescott had a pretty down year last year 
Um, and this is not even taking in uh, or building in the loss of Kellen Moore, who's now with the Chargers. Um, nine wins, I think, for the Cowboys is, is probably on the money here. Uh, this team looks like they're going in the wrong direction. Um, and I think if, if we get a year Dak playing at that low level, if this offensive line continues to kind of have this turnover, uh, we're going to see Dallas you know, not be a bad team, still be very respectful, probably even in the playoff picture, uh, but not you know, what we've seen in the past. Um, however, how, what, what could turn us around, right? If Dak returns to the play that he's, he's, we're used to seeing him play, um, if a few of these guys, especially like, like Luke, Luke Shoemaker, right, the time from Michigan, that's another big part. Dallas is without a tight end for the first time in a long time. Uh, Jake Ferguson and Luke Shoemaker are the two guys that have to fill in um, for the now tight end that I am absolutely blanking uh, on, on the name. Um, Dalton Schultz, who's now gone. Uh, they got to make up for him. Uh, tight end is a very important position in football. Now, being able to, to attack the middle of the field is very important. Uh, so them now going to, to uh, Ferguson and Shoemaker, if Shoemaker can step up and be a, a impactful player in year one, that would be huge. However, tight ends take a long time uh, to develop, so I'm not going to put a ton of money into that. Um, you know, can Tyler Smith take a step this year and and become a a plus starter, possibly? But can he become a plus starter while Tyron Smith also stays a plus starter? That's I don't know. Like this, this roster is like in flux right now. Um, I still think it's a good roster, but really the number one thing is going to be Dak Prescott returning to level play uh, that we've seen him reach in, in past seasons, being closer to that impact level quarterback. He's never going to be that elite quarterback, but impact level quarterback, right? Uh, that Pro Bowl, you know, maybe in the conversation for an all pro team, probably not the really like a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Um, that's where he needs to play. Uh, and right now he's below that. He's not average, right? He's not rotational player at this point. He's between. He's a plus starter. Still good. Still good. But there is something missing. Uh, and if Dallas wants to get back to the playoffs next year, he's going to have to you know, really step up his game. Um, the other area for Dallas. Uh, this defensive line is... Sick. Micah Parsons is now becoming a full-time edge rusher. He's the best player probably right now as an edge rusher. You can, you know, maybe say Miles Garrett, but like Micah Parsons is in that conversation, hundred uh, percent. Um, Marcus Lawrence, although not the blue that he once was, still a plus player at defensive end. Um, and then they have some good players in Dante Fowler Jr., Sam Williams, Chauncey Golston, like Tack McKinley. It's, it's a very deep, it's a very deep edge rusher group, um, which is going to be. Very impactful, right? You know, playing against the Giants and and Philly, uh, you need to have this deep pass rush to kind of overcompensate for your pretty average offense at this point. Um, and then the, the next one for me is, is Massey Smith. I love Massey Smith. I just don't know, again, kind of like tight end, can he have a massive impact year one? Defensive tackles usually take a couple years, three years to really hit their peak. 
Um, if he can come in and be a plus starter day one, that'd be huge because they don't really have anyone. They're deep, right? They have um, about four or five guys there that are like solid defensive tackles, but no one's a true playmaker. Um, so if Massey Smith can step up, that'd be huge. Uh, also, I see Jonathan Hankins is still sticking around. Former New York Giant, love it. Um, obviously, they add uh, Stephen Gilmore. Uh, he's this group is just insane with Trevon Diggs, Stephen Gilmore, uh, Jordan Lewis. Uh, honestly, you could even say that maybe maybe they were a better strength than edge rusher. But this defense is is pretty solid. Like it's a pretty solid defense. The real question for me is: Can later Leighton Vander Esch like ever hit? the kind of draft type we always thought he would be being a plus starter so far not really i don't think at this point his career ever will be uh they don't really have a, a linebacker that you would be overly excited about um and then safety you know donovan wilson like again these are good players they're fine players but there's no like impact plus little player in in the secondary on the on the safety side you no know, can Malik hooker be that maybe javon curse um, and then D tackle again, Mozzie Smith. But this defensive group, very good. It's going to make up for this offensive group that's kind of iffy at the moment. Um, I think it's going to be a down year for Dallas. I still think uh, nine wins. It still puts them in the, in the the running for the seven seed. Uh, would not surprise me at all uh, if they did make the playoffs. But in a division with Philly, who at this point might be the best, if not one of the best teams in football, it's going to be rough for them to uh, to win the East. All right, over to Washington. Uh, I had them at seven wins last year. They came in at eight wins. I'll count that as a win. That's pretty close. Um, this year, they dropped. Washington is, I think, one of the worst teams uh, in football this year in terms of their roster. Um, now, I do have hope. Uh, Ron Rivera is a very good coach. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is an amazing coach. So I'm hoping that they can kind of turn this around and turn this kind of okay roster into a, a winning team. But it's going to be hard in the NFC East, a very competitive division this year, uh, as it was last year. Um, and really, it kind of all starts and ends with Sam Howell, right? Uh, last year, Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz, like it's, they're uh, they're replacing little players, nothing, nothing big. But we don't even know what Sam Howell is at this moment. I think he's only played one game. Um, I like Sam Howell a lot coming out of college. Um, if you listen to my podcast, I'm sure you've uh, listened, heard me say it once before. I had him right behind Kenny Pickett as my second quarterback. Uh, he ended up falling way further uh, into the fifth round. Um, that was surprising then, but you know, at the same time, the consensus is that he's not great. Uh, and I will not sit here and say that my evaluation is better than the entire NFL's. Uh, so I'm going to put it as there's a lot to be seen here with, with Sam. Um, do I think he could be a good player? Yes. Uh, but it's it's going to be rough. Uh, Jacoby resets the backup. He's obviously much better. Um, and he would probably get this, I don't know if he had this team to you know a winning record, uh, probably would just get him a win more, maybe to six wins. Um, because you know, this roster is not great. Uh, outside the defensive line, which we know is is stacked, uh, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Ron Payne, 
uh, all incredible players. Um, Chase Young is going to be the big thing, right? Chase Young had an amazing rookie year and then never came back to that. A lot of that has to do with injury uh, and now also getting kind of lost in the shuffle here with this really deep defensive line group. Um, we'll ha- we'll see what happens with with this defense. This defense is okay. So that, the problem with the defense is that it's very young, uh, especially in the secondary. Right, right now, I'm projected to have Emmanuel Forbes and Jatavius Martin, Quan Martin from Illinois, uh, starting. How is that going to look? We've seen year one corners actually turn out to be pretty good. Uh, Sauce Gardner went and became like the best corner in the league uh, in year one. But that's not always the case. And it's rare you're going to have two guys in the same secondary have that level of of, uh, of quality play. So Kendall Fuller is quite good. I don't know, though, it, it, how how Forbes and Martin are going are gonna to stack up. I like Forbes a lot. Um, I was surprised to see how high he went, uh, only because I thought I was way higher on him than everybody else. Apparently, NFL was in agreement. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Then the, sec- the rest of the secondary, Derek Forrest, Kremen, Curl, like these guys are replacing little players. There's no one outside Kendall Fuller that really scares you, which is not great for a secondary. For a secondary, based on the research I have, um, you're looking more at um, you kind of want a, a gold caliber corner for number one, a green caliber number two, and then like a green caliber free safety, and then rotational players for your slot and your and your strong safety. Uh, and then obviously the backups at safety and backup corner are also you know, rotational players. Um, right now there's no plus starter uh, safety, and again, we don't know what's going to happen with the corners. Uh, as of this moment, the linebackers, Jamie Davis is the replacement player right now. He's not a plus starter you don't need you no know, two plus stars on linebacker you need one and right now they have none uh which is a problem and although uh you know i i, I don't love montez sweat and chase young I, I think they can both be blue you know blue caliber players but i don't think either one is uh, at this moment um really that's the interior defensive line that's where like this, they're gonna make their money uh and then when you look at the line the offensive line this is also like this is really where a lot of the problem comes in um Charles Leonard Jr. is good, but not good enough, I think, to be a quality. Like, be a, a you need like an impact level left tackle. He is not that. He's a plus left tackle. He's very he's, he's good. He's you know better than most, uh, but not one that you would you want to hang your hat on. And then you look down the rest of this list, and like Andrew Norwell's not the same player anymore. Uh, Nick Gates, he's not what you need at center. Um, I like I like Andrew Wiley and Samuel Cosby, but these like not these aren't great players. Like these are all very replacement level players. In offensive line, you need you don't need elite across the board, but you need plus level players in most of these spots. And right now, it's really just Charles Leno Jr. In my opinion, um, now it is a deep line group. Like you have Quinnius Lucas, Trent Scott, Steve Charles, Tyler Lawson, who are all like replacement level players, pretty solid players. You're nine deep. On the offensive line, which is going to be great for depth, but you don't have the the top that you need. You don't have the, the top level play you need, um, which is going to be a problem. And then out, outside of that, uh, receiver, you know, is fine. I want to see more Curtis Samuel. 
you know, I think he's been more hyped than anything else at this point. He, I think, could be a good player, but we're getting kind of deep here. Uh, he's getting paid $13 million, and I think he's more of a replaceable player than anything else. Um, and then Scary Terry is one of the best. So, like, that's not anything to be worried about. But it's that offense is really Scary Terry and nobody. Um, like, I like Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson, but they're not um, plus level or impact level players compared to their peers. Um, and Logan Thomas is not anything to be scared of. Like the offense is really bad. Like Eric, if Eric Bieniemy can turn this offense into something special, that man, like we already know he's been around with the head coaching job, but if he can turn this offense into something special, that would be incredible. One of the best jobs uh, I've ever seen. So we'll see. This is not, this is going to be a rough one for, for Washington. Um, like I said, I think it's going to be a, a four and a half win, you know, four or five win season, probably finishing, uh, in the top five of the draft, which would be great for them. They can get Drake May. They can get uh, you know, Caleb Williams. They can get someone, you know, their next quarterback of the future. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what the coaching staff is like next year with the new ownership coming in. Well, we don't know yet, but we think it's going to be new ownership coming in. Uh, this team might look, should look very different uh, in, in 2024. All right, so here's where we start getting to the areas where I kind of missed last year. And I think the first one uh, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles, I didn't miss by much. I still had an 11 wins, uh, which would have been second in the NFC East. They finished with 14. They had an incredible, incredible run last year, going all the way to the Super Bowl, uh, and came pretty close to winning it. Um, and the big reason for that is Jalen Hurts, taking that jump from being a uh, rotational, no, fringe starter to being uh, almost one of the best in the NFL last year. Uh, I currently have him as an impact level player, gold, uh, so right outside the top three. Um, and honestly, there's a chance he cracks into that this year. He's He had a great year. There's, there's really no way around it, and it's his emergence, which is you know making Philadelphia, it's really turning, turning Philly from a, a good team, an 11-win team I had pitched last year with a rotational player. Uh, that's in, that's incredible for that roster. To now fourteen wins, I have him for thirteen and a half wins. I think that's tied for first uh, with with Buffalo. Um, this team is incredible. This is just flat out. This team is incredible. Uh, their backup quarterback is Marcus Mariota, who started last year. He can probably start for a handful of teams this year uh, if we were you know getting rid of like uh, you know rookies and everything like that like if it was just like hey base purely up the skill marcus mario is definitely one of the top 32 in the nfl um but he's gonna be the backup jalen hurts uh you have deandre swift now from the lions coming to play running back uh their receiving core is still stacked with aj brown and Mata smith uh dallas goddard one of the best tight ends in the nfl uh and their offensive line is just continues to be impressive you know Jordan Maialata, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, uh, and Jason Kelsey, all amongst the best at their position, right? The question mark for them, and which I think is really one of the only, really one of the few question marks I have, is Cam Jurgens. Is who's going to play that right guard spot? Is Cam Jurgens, Drake Driscoll, uh, can Tyler Steen, uh, their rookie from, that they draft, I think it was the third round, um, 
can he step up and, and take that role? That's the only question mark I have really on this offense. That's it. Um, and then you go over to the to the other side. Now, their strength edge rusher, Hassan Reddick, uh, finally turning into the player that uh, a lot of people thought he would be coming to the draft. Uh, not his fault. Went to Arizona. Arizona is horrible when it comes to uh, when it comes to young players and misusing them. They did it to him. They did it to Christian Kirk. They did it to Isaiah Simmons. So it's not he's not the only one. Um, and now he's a, a late career impact player. Josh Sweat is an impact player, having two essentially edge ones uh, on your defensive line. Um, then you also have. Brandon Graham, who at one point was one of the best in his position, uh, Derek Barnett, who really never lived up to the the hype uh, coming out of Tennessee, but he's still very good. And then Nolan Smith, who <laughs> like their fifth edge rusher is a first round pick. Like it's just incredible. It's like looking at it like in like well, I was going to say like Alabama, but really it's just Georgia, right? He's just five stars all across the board. Um, and then you look at the defensive tackle spot, Butcher Cox still very good. And then you have Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, like. Milton Williams, Kadavius Street. Like this this defensive line is incredible. And as a New York Giants fan, scares the crap out of me. This team is incredible again. And then a linebacker, we need to see if the Kobe Dean can take a step uh and really become the plus level starter. Uh and on the second the secondary is still still incredible. You know, Darius Slay, one of the best in his position. Uh James Bradbury somehow was cut by the Giants. We knew he wasn't cut because of of uh, quality of play. It was cap, but even then, he still took a step up. Incredible, incredible. Um, and now we gotta see if Reed Blankenship can continue this this run. He you know, he was a under the free agent out of uh, Mid Tennessee, got the starting job later in the later in the year, and now he's in, you know now he's gonna take over the starting free safety spot. Uh, we gotta see if he can come up a plus player. But overall, you know, this team is stacked. Like, they are they are one of the best teams in the NFL, definitely the best team in the NFC, uh, definitely best in the NFC East. Uh, this team is going to be a juggernaut. Um, I have a feeling I will not be wrong on them this year, <laughs> having them as 13 and a half wins. Uh, I think 13 or 14 wins for the Eagles is, is pretty expected outside of massive injury, right? Like, if there's injury, yeah, that, that's questionable. But if this roster stays healthy, this is one of the best. Um, you know, I, I know they lost both their coordinators, which happens when you're a good team. Um, but even with that, you know, maybe, maybe that, that if there's anything that's going to slow this team down outside injury, it would be if it takes a little while for uh, the team to gel with the new coordinators, um, which maybe causes some early season losses. But this team is this team's very good. All right, on to the team that is my favorite team, and also the team that I missed the the worst on. Uh, the New York Giants. I had them at five wins last year. They got nine wins. Uh, I still am projecting a regression to seven. I'm sure Giants fans are going to love to hear that. Um, so why did I miss on this team? Uh, was I just like, totally off on the roster? No, I really think the roster is what I thought it was. It's just Brian Dayball is an incredible coach. Incredible. That's why he was coach of the year. Um, Actually, I had a chance to meet him in uh, in Phoenix. One of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Um, but besides that, the Giants started, I think it was like six of their first 10 games at home. Uh, this year, not so much. 
think it's the first seven of nine on the road. So your roster isn't that much better. Although I know Giants fans are more excited about this roster, and as you should be, I am also more excited about this roster. The problem with the roster is that Joe Shane did a great job getting those foundational pieces, but those pieces are young. They're going to take time to develop. We need to see if Evan Neal can bounce back from a pretty rough rookie season. We've seen Andrew Thomas do, as we know it's possible. Uh, can Kayvon Thibodeau continue uh, his ex- stellar first year uh, in his rookie year? Um, Dexter Lawrence, obviously incredible. He's already where we need him to be. Uh, Leonard Williams, how much longer is he around for? He's a $32 million cap hit. That's, this is definitely the last year of Leonard Williams on the New York Giants. Uh, Deontay Banks, I'm very hopeful for him, but he's a rookie. You know, can he come in and make an immediate impact? I don't know. I think he'll start without a doubt. I think he'll start just because the roster is not that good. But can he start and be a plus starter? I don't know. Rookies, it's always so hard to reject with that. Um, Xavier McKinney, can he play like he did before the injury? Because I thought he was gonna, he was on his way to be a plus starter last year. Gets the injury, and now I'm I'm uncertain if uh, if that derailed him. Uh, Darren Waller, Darren Waller at one time was an impact level tight end. Injuries have kind of derailed that. Uh, I still think he's a plus starter, but can he get back to that impact level player? I think if he stays healthy, absolutely. And then one of these receivers has to step up. Sterling Sherrod, Paris Campbell, Wandell Robinson, Darius Slayton, and Jalen Hyatt. One of them, honestly, really two of them, has to step up for the Giants to take that step into being a, you know, a playoff contender again in year two because none of these guys right now are anything better than rotational players or fringe starters, that purple group. Uh, also, Jalen Hyatt's a rookie, so it's unfair to him. Uh, and he might be. He might be very good. The problem is with this, even if one of them steps up, it's still only one, right? That's why I'm actually in favor of, you know, as long as the deal can get done without it being ridiculous for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, adding DeAndre Hopkins, you're adding a plus starter to the receiving court, and then all you need is one more guy to step up, right? A higher chance of one guy hitting than two. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that, but this receiving core is really what's going to hinder the New York Giants. Uh, and then when you look at the the offensive line, you know, honestly, it's not a terrible offensive line. This is not one of those lines of uh, of the past, you know, five six years where New York Giants fans are just like ripping their hair out watching uh, their quarterbacks just you know taking sacks. It's a deep line. There are about nine guys in this line that I feel pretty comfortable with. Um, also, we have Andrew Thomas, Ben Bertison, uh, Don Michael Schmitz, the rookie, Michael Lewinsky, and Evan Neal starting. And then you have Josh Zudu, Matt Pert, Shane Lemieux, and J.C. Hosinger. Um, I definitely butchered J.C.'s name. <clears throat> uh, they're all good. They're all solid players. Uh, and guys that I feel be you know could definitely rotate in and be fine. Um, how quick can Schmitz you know, get caught up? Yeah, that's that's the big one. Uh, if if he can be a, a you know, I don't know if he's gonna be Creed Humphrey, but if he can be a solid player in year one, that will definitely help the Giants in getting closer to that nine win total from last year. Uh, and then the last thing, which I know Giants fans are gonna hate me that for, is 
Daniel Jones still wasn't that good last year. Daniel Jones played exactly the way we thought Daniel Jones was going to play. He just won more. And that had nothing to do with him. That had almost everything to do with Brian Dable and his coaching staff. Uh, they made it almost idiot-proof, uh, that offense. They dropped his uh, the target down to like 6.7, some essentially captain check down. Uh, it honestly reminded me so much of the uh, old-school Matt Schaub Houston Texans offense when he would roll out and like throw it to Owen Daniels in the flats, and he would be no one near him, so he would run for like 15 yards. Um but it wasn't Matt Schaub making those plays. It was just it was the offensive coordinator. It was it was it was Kubiak. Um, Daniel Jones has to get better at stretching the field, in the especially in the intermediate part of the field. Not so much the deep pass. Like I mean, I know Daniel Jones can throw deep. He needs to win in the intermediate part of the field more often and more consistently. Uh, that's the only way you can do it in the NFL be it, to to reach that next level. I still think he's a fringe quarterback. I don't think he's a, a plus player yet. I think he's on the cusp. I think uh, we're seeing, you know, listen, consistency does mean something, right? Uh, he's been consistent, um, but he needs to, you, you saw that gunslinger mentality in him his first year uh, in the NFL where he was kind of slinging it. Uh, and then you saw him try to take a step back because he wanted to be more careful with the ball, but at the same time, uh, he's almost like risk adverse now. And you don't want that. Like you, you can take, and, oh, like a normal level risk, as long as you're also pushing the ball on the field. You can't just win. You can win football games, but you can't go deep in the playoffs by checking down. You have to stretch the field. Um, and Daniel Jones hasn't proven that he can do that yet. Uh, but at the same time, we're going to year five. I don't know how much longer we can wait. Uh, the Giants gave him a nice contract, but it's also a two-year and out contract. So they can get if the Giants... Don't feel great about this at the end of, uh, you know, the twenty twenty four season. Daniel Jones will be gone. Uh, I do hope that I'm wrong. I would love to see the Giants go back to back playoffs. I've been seeing that in. Fuck, what's when I saw that? The twenty. Is it twenty ten to twenty eleven? Has it been that long? Holy shit! Okay, so it's been a minute. So I would love to see it. Obviously, I was in college when that happened. Um, but I would say for the New York Giants, I know regression to seven wins. I am still very, very excited about this team. I like Bobby Okariki. I don't, when I say weakness, I mean Bobby Okariki. He's actually a very good linebacker. It's just who the hell's playing the second linebacker spot, right? Gerard Davis, Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin, none of these guys I'm super excited about. Someone needs to step up. Now, it could be a linebacker they grab. Uh, after the last round of cuts in uh, the preseason, which would not shock me at all. Um, but linebacker continues to be kind of an area of issue for the New York Giants. But overall, still excited. Just let's, let's pump the brakes on those expectations a little bit. All right, wrapping this up. Philly at one, Dallas at two, New York at three, Washington at four. I feel very good about Philly at one and Washington at four. Dallas and New York are the only two spots where I think maybe you can they can flip. Uh, like I said in the Dallas segment, a lot of it kind of goes on Dak Prescott and these, this aging roster, and also Kellen Moore. But we're not going to be this is roster only. We're not talking about uh, coaching staff. 
So the departure of Kellen Moore doesn't is not going to bake into this. Um, as, to, as far as the roster goes, who's going to step and play tight end, and can they play it well? Uh, can these aging veterans last another season, and can Dak bounce back? A lot of those have to be have to be yeses uh, for the Dallas Cowboys to get nine wins. For the New York Giants is, uh, you know, can any of these rookies or young players take that next step? If a few can, then this flips, one hundred percent. This flips, but I'm not going to project that. Uh, I I am just basing it on what they have been, what they are at this moment. Um, and if that happens, and Deontay Banks becomes, uh, you know, an All Pro corner, and they get nine wins, I will say great. But I am not going to project that. That would be ridiculous. Um, but I think the Cowboys and the Giants are the only two, the two three spot. I think the only ones that could really flip. Philly, I feel very comfortable in the one spot, and Washington, I feel very comfortable. Unfortunately, in the four spot. Um, I don't know if we'll, if the giant if uh, the NFC East will have three playoff teams. I don't think it's impossible, but probably closer to this year. Um, but overall, I felt like I did pretty well last year with this division. Um, I'll say I was right on the money with Dallas. I was right on the money with Washington. I was actually low on the Eagles, but not by much. You know, Eleven to fourteen wins. So we're talking about. You know, I still thought they were great. Uh, it's really just the New York Giants, who I thought we were, were going to be a bad team, end up being a not so bad team to average team, actually, but above average team. Uh, so that's the only one I really missed on. Um, yeah, honestly, not not the worst. I'll, I'll take that for the first one. I'll be back next week and releasing these every Wednesday for the rest of the uh, off season. I'm actually going to record these ahead of time. That way, I actually have no excuse not to release them. Uh, but I appreciate you guys checking it out. Uh, enjoy your summer uh, and I will see you talk to you guys next week I love that little transition with that awkward goodbye bye bye fam god I see the word fam it's terrible fuck out of here